0: Are we recording? Ba No, too <laughs> much, too <laughs> much, too much! Too much! Hey everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Carly! And on today's episode, we talk about a Star
1: Wars retrospective. I mean I gave Avengers Infinity War three stars and I don't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's hard to say. I think... I don't hate that movie as much the second time, but, like, I like I like the characters, Josh, but, like, I'm just like, okay, it was sleepy times.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's much like most things in a series where, like, the character work has been done, so... Even now if I just you,
1: enjoy spending time with them. Yeah,
0: even if you don't love the specific plotting, it's, it's at least somewhat okay.
1: It's like coming over to your house. Like, I don't expect every time that we're gonna, like, kill Thanos. But,
0: you know. But, like, every once in a while. We'll
1: have an okay, we'll have a good time regardless. So,
0: I did this thing with Endgame. um, You watched it backwards? A couple weeks ago or so. You watched it? Where I watched all the way up until, like, time travel nonsense started. And then I just skipped past time travel nonsense, and they just explained what they did. And I was like, why do I like this movie better this way? I don't
1: know, Josh, because the time travel is great. That movie is nearly perfect. One thing that would be changed, and that's it.
0: And that is?
1: Oh, well, Linda Cardellini wouldn't call.
0: Oh. She's just gonna, she's the one person that stays.
1: No, but like I don't want to know that people are back.
0: Um, so that
1: means when Captain America is like, uh, uh, and then Falcon's like, on your left, and then the tears just start. Oh, that's
0: a good. That's a good edit. That's a good edit, my friend. Thank I like you. That. Yeah.
1: Um, and then I like I know I.
0: Sorry, we just spoiled the end game. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, Who but...
1: cares? Josh, I was thinking back to something okay. where you were like, I said, it, chapter three is too long, it's three hours, and you said you went to infinity or endgame three times. <laughs> Counter argument time, I finally got it. Okay. <laughs> Took weeks. That was in the summer. Oh, okay. Where uh-huh. I had something called free time. Yeah, absolutely. During the week. Uh-huh. Where I could go and see a movie for three hours. And now it's like, ooh. Huh, do I want to sleep or do I want to go see It Chapter 2? Okay, so speaking of
0: long movies...
1: Did you watch The Irishman? Okay, so last night, two
0: nights ago when I was not able to sleep...
1: You watched The Irishman?
0: My whole plan was like, well, fine, I might as well just start The Irishman. You know what actually put me to sleep? The Irishman. <laughs> so I'm like an hour in, like Pacino started yelling... And I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is sleep time, apparently. That doesn't mean that I think it's bad so far. It's just, it was the thing that put me to sleep. So maybe I really like The Irishman, actually. It allowed me to get 45 minutes of sleep before my alarm went off. You fall asleep to films all the time. That's That's a true story. Yeah, sometimes it is. All right. We said we were here to talk about Star Wars. And we are here to talk about Star Wars today. Uh, I will say this. This is going to be a spoiler-filled episode, except for Rise of Skywalker, because... Because
1: Josh see hasn't seen it, but I gotta, I gotta pre-press-ahead one. Does that so. mean I
0: can finally talk about my theories that um, I want to talk about with no. you?
1: You've seen it, though, <laughs> Kylie! I, Kylie, it was Josh. One of my least favorite things in this world is talking theories about a movie before seeing the movie, and I know that I am guilty of this crime, and I should be charged with high treason. However, I also think that I don't care anymore.
0: Oh, one of my favorite things is talking about theories. I quite enjoy it. You have
1: Anne.
0: Yeah, she doesn't do it that often.
1: You have. Students? I do.
0: That's where we talk.
1: Okay, see All you,
0: kinds you're, of conversations. So you're fine. Uh, How are we doing this episode, Kylie? What are we... What's the format? What are we doing? Wow, that's weird.
1: Fandango won't let me see what movies are playing today.
0: <laughs> no movies are playing today.
1: Yeah, it started at the 19th. Oh, okay, there they're, we go. I they're just going
0: to be closed until... I fixed it! The day before Rise of Skywalker. They're just getting everything ready and set up.
1: We can go see Christmas Vacation in theater. could. People
0: enjoy that movie.
1: You could go see Last Christmas. If I didn't have to work, I probably would. Still at Queensgate.
0: There you go. I'll pay real money for
1: it. <laughs> Joker's still there. Yeah? So is Terminator. So is Maleficent Mistress of Evil.
0: Oh, that's the one I gotta get to. Really? Yeah, you, you know, out you, of all those. You are a shill. I, I am, I am a shill. Although I will say, for the good or bad of this, the reason I didn't go out of my way to see Mistress of Evil, a movie I don't really want to see. It's eventually gonna be on a platform I own, so or I, that I pay for, so whatever.
1: So you're gonna pay for it one way or
0: another. <laughs> exactly.
1: True while our ranking is pretty similar for the top five. I think there's like two out of place. It's fine, Josh. No, don't look. Don't look. Oh, okay. It's a surprise to me. I was just going to pull mine up. It's definitely not. Never mind. My top five is different.
0: <laughs> are they the same five movies? Nope. Oh. No. Well, there
1: you go. All right, Josh. Let's talk. How are we doing this? That's what I asked you. I said, I don't know. You usually figure this stuff out, so I figured I was going to let you do this one.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Well, uh, you were the one that came up with Star Wars Retrospective, so my brain hadn't thought about it.
1: Well, you know. Well, I came up with the great idea, now you fill in the Oh, I come
0: up with the less good idea, the one that, like, makes it run. Yeah. Well, what if it's not as good as your idea?
1: Isn't that what directors do? Or, like, artistic directors do? They, like, figure it out? Well,
0: yeah. I'm just a producer. Oh, okay, great. Thank you so much. You're a content producer. You're going to help in this conversation. Alright, let's do it chronological.
1: What? How? In what chronology?
0: The Stories chronological order. So not... We'll go prequels, original, sequels.
1: False. We'll go prequels, spin-offs.
0: Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Prequels, Star Wars stories, originals, sequels. Exactly. Somewhere in there, I'll be like, guys, I watched The Clone Wars.
1: Yeah, I tried. (laughs) But then halfway through, I just thought, not my Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Whose Star Wars is it, really? I
1: don't know. You still like fart jokes. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of those. And
1: don't the droids are the worst the droids are so annoying um it's that's not my least favorite Star
0: Wars movie though gosh
1: it's a fart
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay the other formatty thing that I wanted to um uh, that I wanted to bring in here was and maybe this is just so that I have some some uh help doing some things as well I think we should try to say at least one good thing and one bad thing or thing we like or maybe thing we don't like about each movie.
1: Sure. I okay. have no issue with that. I'm All great right at
0: that stuff. Yeah. All right. There we go. Okay. So, here we go. A Star Wars retrospective starting with Episode 1, The Phantom Menace.
1: I don't like the racism. Okay, your turn. Oh, I don't like the racism either. Well oh, you need to come up with a different one. Oh there's lots of things. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um, okay.
0: On that note. <laughs> okay.
1: Point in case, Kylie. Yes, okay,
0: that's a good point. Uh, okay, so here's my my thing about uh, the racism in Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Not just uh, it's not only in this movie, it is in Others, too. Um,
1: this is the thing that starts it. Yes. And then they're like, oh, I gotta continue it through the other two.
0: Yeah.
1: There is so
0: much of Lucas, in particular, going back to change things. Change pretty structural and fundamental things about characters and about the structure of the movies. Particularly in the originals, which apparently... Georgie Porgy is, quote-unquote, embarrassed by. All right, fair, whatever, you have opinions and feelings,
1: fine. Sell the car.
0: So, do it. Sell- uh,
1: do you know that quote? I don't. Oh, okay. What's the quote? Well, Stevie Spielberg told Shia LaBeouf, even though he thought that Indiana Jones was bad, that he needed to sell the car. Oh. Promote it, say that it was a good time. He also said the same thing about Transformers. Because Steven Spielberg was a producer on those, because he yes. and Bay are tight. Have you seen the new Bay film?
0: Uh, no. I know that it exists, because a podcast that I listened to lost their minds over it, and I was like, this, I'm not listening to the rest of this episode.
1: I think I'm going to lose my mind over it. Great,
0: great. And that'll be my new number one. Good old Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there he is.
1: Um, it, if it's just ridiculous, I think I'm on board.
0: Maybe if it goes back to being, like, classic Bay, like, 90s Bay. Crazy? Sure, yeah. Is The Rock early 2000s? No, The Rock's 96. Okay. 90s Bay. 90s Bay.
1: I like The Rock.
0: Uh, The only uh, 2000s Bay that, I think it's 2000s, is Bad Boys 2. That's that's an okay one. Pretty much pre-Transformers, you're
1: fine. Benghazi. Ugh.
0: Alright, but George likes to go back and change things. Uh, George, why can't we go back and just re-record some dialogue, George? Like, why is this not a thing that we can do in our series? Because, honest to goodness, if we went back and maybe re-recorded some dialogue for Jar Jar Binks or the Neimoidians or Watto, maybe the films might be more watchable. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be good, but at least, like, (laughs) but at least, like, we can maybe take some of these stereotypes away and take some of these harmful uh, racial voices out of these films. I just, I don't understand why there is this, like, intense need for him to keep changing the original trilogy. And he's just like, no, no, these ones, these are perfect. They're not. Um, okay, yeah, okay, that's my thought on your thing that I don't like, that you don't like about, um, Phantom Menace.
1: I like Ewan McGregor.
0: Ooh, are you gonna, you're gonna waste I like Ewan McGregor for this Sorry, one? Sorry, let me reach for, uh,
1: I like, Shin, Oscar Shin, what's his name? Liam Neeson. I like Liam Neeson <laughs> okay, in uh-huh. this. Okay,
0: great, yeah, yeah. You gotta save Ewan, like. I also...
1: <laughs> Don't hate Natalie Portman's character. Or Natalie Portman in this film. Her performance is a little witty witty whack, but, you know, everyone's kind of is. Liam Neeson just looks like he doesn't care about anything that's happening, and he doesn't know what's happening, and I think that's just perfect for a Jedi. Like, oh, yes, yes, it's all okay. Um, Duel of the Fates is a great song. Whoa, 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 you can't take all the good things. I like the prequels more than you, Josh. I know, which is
0: why you can't. Take all the good
1: things.
0: (laughs) So my thing I liked was was Duel of the Fates. I actually think that's a good sequence and a good scene.
1: I also hate the capitalism (laughs) associated with the Phantom Menace. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, oh, Josh, Josh. There were so many toys made. And I love toys. However, it's too much. Too many toys? Too much marketing.
0: Do you think that it's the most? I'm sure they've gone above and beyond at you know, this point. That one was the most. Yeah?
1: Yeah, because it was like, it was like every aspect of that film was made into a toy. Like, when uh, Jar Jar steals from graw like, that's a whole, that had its own toy. Who cares about that scene, Josh? What? Only the... me. <laughs> For, when who... Jar Jar steals from graw which
0: one's Grogra? Gras-gras?
1: Because the one who has, like, the little, like, market stand of things, and he steals one, and Grogra says, oh, that's ten whoopies." Is it the one where his tongue gets grabbed? Maybe, yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Awesome. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think I know what we're talking about now. It was made into a toy. Who cares uh, about that scene? No one. No, no one. one at all. Only me! Because yeah. <laughs> Grogra's important! <laughs> um... Sure, yeah, everyone's favorite Star Wars character. Oh, Josh! Yeah. (laughs)
1: Let's look at... Okay, continue. (laughs)
0: Uh, No, yeah, my thing that I like about Phantom Menace, like I said, is the duel of the fate scene. I think that it, uh, A, composed really well. Good job, John Williams. I like that, actually, this one pushes forward lightsaber battles in a way. Because if you really look at lightsaber duels in the original trilogy... I'm not going to say that they're bad by any means because I enjoy them, but in terms of choreography, there are a lot the of, like... The
1: technical aspect of them has improved. Yeah,
0: you know, there's a lot of, like, dudes just hitting sticks against each other. And in, they're old. Yeah. They don't know
1: what they're doing. Yes,
0: exactly. And in this one, they actually have a good old, like, a good old duel, a good old lightsaber battle that seems grounded in some form of reality. I like the staging of it, how the gates... Um, they kind of keep Obi-Wan away from the the battle when he needs to be and then allow him to kind of get there. We get that emotional moment. Um. Platforms. Platforms. Lots of platforms. Um, things I don't like about the movie, it is boring.
1: (laughs) We spend
0: so much time... Pod racing.
1: The pod race is awful. Hate it. Uh,
0: like, also, why do we spend so much time setting this kid up as, like, he's good at building things. Like, this is a thing that he's good at.
1: How else are we going to get c 3 P? I I mean, sorry, I don't know what happens next.
0: <laughs> and then, and then, by the time we get to the next one, he's like, nope, that's not a skill that he has anymore. No need. R2's going to do it
1: all. That's a good point. Yeah. Point Josh. Thank you. Thank Actually, you so much. This is my least favorite Star Wars film. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's boring, Josh. It is boring. Um. You know, like, when we get to Mos Espa, I'm like, oh, sleepy times.
0: When we get to Naboo, I'm like, oh, sleepy times.
1: I like when we're, like, sneaking out of the castle. Okay, great. Mostly because I'm like... Ooh, there's Natalie Portman. She's not playing the queen.
0: Do you know what my favorite... Okay, my, my favorite thing about The uh, uh, Phantom Menace is? Is
1: that Keira Knightley makes Natalie Portman clean R2-D2? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, yaddle?
1: Yaddle? 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 yaddle?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, there is a Weird Al song called The Saga Begins that does this whole movie in like five minutes. And I'm like, oh, Good. Maybe that's what I should do for the machete order. Just watch it all and then listen to that song, and then, like, we call it a day. Like, we got what we needed from The Phantom Menace. Yeah.
1: Also, also. For the longest time, I was always like, why doesn't Qui Gong Jin disappear when he gets, like, attacked? And then I learned. I learned with age, I need to listen more. Ah. <laughs> Because he didn't know how to be at one with the Force until after his death. Then he can be a Force ghost. You know, it's... Okay, we'll get there. It's, oh, it's okay. in episode seven. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I'm
1: so sorry, guys. I'm just... I'm right up. You're okay. I see the end. This is my favorite franchise. I'm glad we're here.
0: I'm glad we're doing this. Oh, it's... <sighs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so...
0: Um, okay. Uh. When was the first time you saw... The Phantom Menace. I don't know. Okay,
1: great. <laughs> uh, before episode two came out, but after I had seen episode four, five, and six. Episode four is also has a weird place in my mind. Okay. And we're going to get there also. Okay. But, like, it was after four, five, and six. Um, we had it on VHS. We owned it on a VHS. That was the last VHS Star Wars that we had. And then life life began. In
0: that world of uh, so sorry sometimes I'm a cliché, uh, I am 14, 15? That's December of 99 maybe. Wait, when
1: does this come out? 99. 99. Okay. Oh, I'm, we didn't talk about this in 99. Let's talk about it in a moment.
0: Okay. Uh, I see this in theaters and I'm not willing to credit this movie as like the first time that I go to the movies and I'm disappointed or, like, there But, like, in my brain, this is one of the movies that's like, oh, movies can be bad. Like, I remember going to watch this movie in theaters and being just, like, geeked because the 97... re-releases of the star wars movies that happened and my dad took me to those in theaters I'm like i was like yeah because we'd watch them because i don't know the the old ones would air on tbs or whatever it was on tv and we'd watch them and like whenever it was on i was like dad we should watch star wars and he, so like that was the thing we did together so we went and saw this one brand new i think all the prequels i saw in theaters with my dad um and... It's just what you do. It's just what you do. Yeah, it's what
1: I you do. I gotta go do it again this year. We're gonna have a very limited window. I think The Last
0: Jedi was the only one that I didn't see at one point with my dad in theaters. Um, and it just the timing never worked out. Um, I gotta go back. I even got Solo you in know
1: there. You know what's weird? I guess maybe it's not weird. I don't know. So, like, like, with all of these Avengers movies, they were like, let's show them all in theater! And they're not, like... I don't hear that about Star Wars. Like, let's show them all in theaters. The nerds would flock. We would. We would. It's probably because they can't show, like... It probably has to do with, like, releasing... Or showing the prequels and cuts and blah, 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 and everything is off. I would
0: imagine. Yeah, there's a reason that they're not doing it.
1: (sighs) But anyways, that'd be so much fun. I'd be like, wow, nine (sighs) films. Yes. Okay, anyways.
0: Alright, um... So that's kind of my first thing with Phantom Menace.
1: Um, Why it's important to 1999. Why is it
0: important to 1999?
1: Because in relationship with The Matrix, when this film comes out, we're no longer interested in plot or characters or enjoyment. Well, some of us aren't. We're here for mythology. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And after that, many blockbuster films are like, mythology. And so I think that that's one of the... I think that's one of the things that um, the Phantom Menace has influenced film is that there is a reliance on, like, we'll build the world and then they forget other things.
0: Yeah, but I think that in starting, in some ways, Phantom Menace has... it it is in a good spot to build the world because it's coming after the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. We understand that eventually we're going to tell the story of how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. We understand we're telling that story. And therefore, this movie can or could have had the latitude to just build and build and build the world.
1: It I think But it kind of recreates the world. Yes. In many ways. Like like George, the work has already been done. Just stop. Just just
0: If this weirdly had been the movie about uh trade federations and uh, Senate takeovers and all of the nonsense that eventually comes later in the series, I think people might have been slightly more forgiving. And maybe this is just A way that this movie can introduce, like, in traditional Act 1 style, this introduces what the world is. And I think to some extent it does do that. But then you're not having to do... Because I think part of the prequels' problems, many of them, is that, like, they're too focused on world-building through the entire trilogy. And they never, ever just try to dig into these characters and into the plot that needs to take place to happen. Um, we'll get to some of the Attack of the Clones issues, but like, one of them is I don't think we spend any time building characters in that movie. Um, okay, do you have any individual thoughts left on Phantom Menace? No. Okay, I want to transition into Attack of the Clones, okay. and maybe I'll start with why, for me... I like *Phantom Menace* more than *Attack of the Clones*. Um, and *Attack of the Clones* is my least favorite. Like, I would if I never watch this movie again. I'm on board with that. We're gonna watch it again. I
1: know. At some point, it's gonna be my birthday. Uh, for you,
0: Kylie. For you, I'll watch. We're this gonna movie watch it
1: in. We're gonna watch two, one, three. In that order? Yes.
0: Okay. Um, I'm gonna need to you know why. Why is this the thing that?
1: Machete gonna... order. It's not the machete order. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why are you yelling?
0: (laughs) Okay, so Attack of the Clones tries to make its central relationship be about this really stilted relationship this between Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala. And at the same point it gives in its Two, uh, two hours and 30 minute runtime. it gives them like, I don't know, 20 minutes to get it done. And it's just so hard to watch. Done like, and done. George clearly could care less about establishing this emotional relationship so that there's anything else that's going on. And weirdly enough, he doesn't... Like, Attack of the Clones fails so miserably for me because this is the film where we should be deepening and expanding all of the relationships. And yet what he does is he puts... Uh, he puts Padme and Anakin together because he has to. But then he puts Obi-Wan over here doing something else. I don't even remember what Obi-Wan does in this movie oh my until gosh, Josh!
1: giant... Th- Josh, th- yes. I can explain. What? What? Oh, what? God. Yes. Stop yelling at me! I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at George. He's okay. just not here. So... So is it after the the Blade Runner t- uh, scene? Oh, yeah,
0: where, like, he falls into a car
1: and he yeah. catches him. Yeah. Okay, after that, he goes to the clone planet. Oh. Does we... he... Yeah. But is this where we find out about the clones? Okay, well, sorry. First, he goes to the library. And oh, he, that's right. He that talks it. with Jakasa okay. New. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> And Jocasta News like the archives should be there. The you are planet right. doesn't exist. Yes. And then he's like Yoda, and he goes to like the little kids, and there's this one little kid, terrible actor. It's okay, little <laughs> kid. He has you one line. You are a child. He has one line. <laughs> he didn't ruin the movie. It's okay. His one line. His line is somebody went and erased it, and I was like, oof, <laughs> I couldn't do a take two. <laughs> that was the best take right there. <laughs> Anyway, so, I, w- I would imagine that every single take in this is the first try. <laughs>
0: well, with the actors, yeah. you know. With well, the st-
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so then he's like, oh, I guess the planet's gone. And so Yoda's like, better go to the clone planet. So he goes to the clone planet, he goes, he finds out that they have a uh, c- clone army that... Um, Sipho Diaz created, and Sipho Diaz, this very important Jedi. I remember this now. Saw I remb- the I'm destruction. What we did. I remember. <laughs> saw the destruction of the Jedi's when he looked into the future, so he created these clones, thus oh, leading I, yep, to the destruction of the Jedi.
0: I'm with you. I remember now. I got their clone stuff.
1: <laughs> okay, do you want me to yeah. less detail or more detail? <laughs> less. <laughs> so then <sighs> Django Fett, and then he goes to the The volcano planet. Okay. It's not a volcano. I don't know. Bug planet.
0: Okay, so the thing I... Like, many, many things that I don't like about this movie. But the the Mm -hmm. one that, like, sticks out at me... So, Phantom Menace, in terms of 99 and in terms of where it is with, like, CGI and pushing things forward. Like, I look at that movie and while I don't love the, like, art style that they choose, I can see that for where they are in history of visual effects, like they're doing a pretty okay job. The
1: creation of um, like Jar Jar Binks uh-huh. is pretty impressive for yeah. the 1999. And we polish it off a lot more with Gollum a few years yes. later. Um, but when you look at this film, there's but, just rubber. Yeah, like somehow in Attack of the Clones, it just gets worse.
0: Like it, it seems like George Lucas's classic direction of uh, faster and more intense he also like that was the only direction he gave to the animators as well it was faster more intense
1: and was, uh, it just I don't know the, I always forget this... that's the line I always think it's faster more British <laughs> <coughs> like I always just like have that like oh his line to them is faster more British faster
0: more intense that's his acting direction that he gives yeah, the actors are really stilted in this movie as well. It's it's harsh. It's hard to watch. Um, yeah, so just, this film is hard to watch because it's hard to look at. It's not enjoyable. Oh, the C-3PO sequence where he's getting torn apart by whatever it is. Oh, I get it. He gets torn apart and then Paris back. So he gets torn apart here. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I gotta think about what I like about this movie. <laughs>
1: I mean, okay, here's what I like. Here's okay, what I like. Okay, okay. I like that when we get to the bug planet, the droid planet, that's what it's sometimes called. When we get to the blog, bug planet, see, I don't know planets' names, which is like the, like I know all these characters with planet names.
0: Genosis.
1: <laughs> Genosis. Um, so when we get there, I like that Natalie Portman, fairly active character, she's kind of like, I'm gonna, we're gonna take care of this stuff. and you know, she doesn't just wait around and that's stand there. a good there. thing. I like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I think about the scene where, like, they're gonna be executed, and she's like, let me take this bobby pin, and I got this. Like, no worries. And, like, she immediately picks up her blaster, and she's like, ready. And then when she falls out of the plane, she's like, okay, let's get this done. I like that, too. Thank yeah, you. that's good. That's a good one. What do I like about this movie? Do you like the record record scratch that William or John Williams does during? La- so okay, so sorry. Okay. So after they first kiss, uh-huh. like and then, like their their uh, love song starts to swell. Like uh, John Williams almost does like a record scratch, like oh, <laughs> because okay. like they have to stop because Natalie Parman's like, no, you're a Jedi, I can't. It's a funny bit. It's a great bit. John Williams, good job. It's a good bit. Good job, John. John Williams is the storyteller of this film. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh, Nothing else uh, would lead me to understand this film. Mm. I like
0: that the only reason there's a purple lightsaber is because Samuel L. Jackson had it written into his contract that he wanted to find where he was in the battle scenes. Well, that's good. Yeah,
1: that's what I like about this movie. And then we wrote a bunch of crap about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I want an orange lightsaber. Yeah. Because I'm, like, a little bit bad.
0: Can I I ask you a question? Yeah. Why this over Phantom Menace? I don't
1: know, Josh, because I've seen this film uh, the most out of any film I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Because, like, during winter break what would end up happening is that, like, I would be home alone. Like, because my mom was working and everything, and so I would just watch this movie. And I watched this movie specifically, because we had it on DVD, and our DVD player was upstairs. The VHS's were downstairs, and that's where the VHS player was. And downstairs was scary. Okay. It's where the monster <laughs> But upstairs was in the brights, bright light, so oh, wow. I was
0: safe. The bright light of Genosis. America. And Coruscant.
1: Anyways, yes. The, oh, okay. The whole, the entire uh, planet's one city. What's the first Star Wars
0: you saw in theaters? Two. Two, okay. No. Yeah.
1: no. I um I was about to say I've only seen two and three in theaters.
0: <laughs> We've seen a couple more at this point.
1: I don't count post Josh <laughs> if it's not George Lucas' original vision. Is there really a Star Wars movie? Yes, yes it is. You're right, because it has <laughs> platforms. Yeah,
0: cheese. Okay. Apparently oh. Ron Howard's the only one that doesn't get it.
1: Anyways, we'll get there. <laughs> What
0: is the lasting impact of Attack of the Clones?
1: I haven't said what I don't like. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Nothing's perfect. Um. Uh, What? Nothing feels like it matters. (laughs) (laughs) Like. I think about a lot of the stuff that Obi-Wan does, especially, and nothing he does is important. But it's how we get the backstory to Boba Fett. You know what I don't like? I don't like that Obi-Wan, when he's on his own, is great and wonderful and like, Michael Jordan, MVP of the Jedi's, but the minute that Anakin's there, he's like, oh,
0: Anakin, oh, come and save me, Anakin. Does he have his his boots in this one? His amazing boots? Josh, he always has his boots. Okay, great. Perfect. Boots on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, no, there are no stakes to this movie. Yeah. It is probably an issue with the prequel trilogy as a whole. It's that there's just... You know exactly where it's going. And there are... So I guess this was a conversation I've been thinking about a little bit with, like, spoiler conversation in general. But then, like... There's an okay way to know something's going to happen and yet the story can still be good and well told and that you're building up to it because at the end of the day, if what you're relying on is the twist or the spoiler thing, then I don't think you've told a proper story. If what you're relying on is your audience's connection to the characters and your character's reaction to that twist then I think that you've successfully crafted a good piece of storytelling and a good film or story in general. I think the best way to look about this is, uh, there are many, many, many spoilers throughout the um, world that are well known. But the one, just because we're talking about Star Wars, we can go with Luke... I am your father. Wait, what? Not the actual line. Who's Luke? Uh, Luke's a kid. He's in Wait, some of these movies in the future. What?
1: How, yeah. They stopped yeah. it too.
0: Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. There, there, there's a few more coming. <laughs> not a lot, just a little. Uh, we know that. That line is ubiquitous. It is everywhere. People around the world know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father.
1: I did not know when I first watched it and I started crying. I'm so upset. Oh,
0: but this is what I
1: was going to say too: is that when
0: kids encounter this for the first time, because I think a lot in a lot of ways, Star Wars now are shown to the smallest of small children. Like they're just there; they're in the world. Um, so maybe even before they can get out into the universe, they've experienced that that moment, and it's not there. But I don't think that knowing that, like that story hinges on Luke's reaction to that. To that moment, not so much the reveal of that moment itself. And so when you're looking at things along those lines, the prequels, to double this back to where this rant started, the prequels hinge on the fact that, like, you know what the almost the very last scene of these three movies is going to be. And the journey to get there is not enjoyable. The story that we're telling is not there. The characters that we have outside of Obi-Wan and, at points, Padme are not enjoyable. And that even includes some... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hero of all heroes, Yaddle, and Bailo Rana. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. No. Okay. No. Where's that movie? Ugh, where is it? Where is it indeed? The
1: Yaddle movie.
0: Uh, but, yeah. So, I don't know. You just... You have to... The reveal itself can't be the only thing your movie hinges on, I guess. Okay. So, what is the lasting impact... Of Attack of the Clones on the franchise.
1: Nothing. Oh, on the franchise? Yeah. I don't know that people started whining about Hank Christensen. Okay. That Natalie Bartman's career almost ended. That, uh... (laughs) They gave up.
0: (laughs) I don't know if this is as true as I think it is as true.
1: (laughs) So we're we're gonna
0: find out after I say that sentence out loud. Okay. I really connect the Clone Wars and that whole cartoon and movie and idea and saga to this movie. And maybe it's the history of the Clone Saga, the Clone Wars themselves, that is, for me, what is the lasting impact coming out of this movie. Um, I don't know how successful the movie was as a whole. I think it seems to be... Uh, fairly universally not loved, but also maybe for those who like the prequels, not the worst out of the bunch. I don't know about that sentence. But I think the Clone Wars and all of its spinoff is maybe the legacy of this specific movie. Sure.
1: Alright, let's talk about the fart movie that you watched. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, so uh, Star Wars the Clone Wars released in, I want to say 2008 or 9. I want to say 8 is when that thing was released. Um, it's an animated movie about some adventures in the Clone Wars, and, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka Tana have to, uh, save Jabba's kid, whose name I'm pretty sure is Rada. Great. That's the plot of that movie. Um, I, I didn't necessarily hate my time watching this movie, but I didn't love it either. And maybe that's because it... Looks awful. Looks awful. My expectations were just so ridiculously low that I was like, well, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um...
1: That's called Stockholm Syndrome, Josh.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Fair. Um, the other thing that I will say is, I appreciated, and this I can understand how people can say this about the Clone Wars TV series also, Anakin's character is easier to watch. He actually, like, I understand where, why, how he is a good Jedi, and why pairing him with Ahsoka Tana could actually, could actually flesh out some really interesting parts of who Anakin is and was. Um, And even though he does have his issues with the Jedi Council, they seem to be articulated better. And in a lot of ways, he doesn't come off as whiny as much as distrustful. And those are just character things that I I enjoyed about Anakin. And had some of those made their way into any of the main films of the plotline... I may not hate the character of Anakin Skywalker as much as I do. So I guess maybe its value for me was just in maybe showing a little bit in some small way of what Anakin could be as a character. And that's pretty boring.
1: Yeah, okay. So, uh, episode
0: three. Okay, revenge of the Sith.
1: Pew pew. Pew pew pew. pew, pew. pew, pew, pew. Pew, Yep, okay.
0: Episode four? Episode...
1: <laughs> no, Rogue One! I know. Oh, I know. sorry, Solo.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Alright, <laughs> stay on Sith. Stay on Revenge of the Sith.
1: A movie that... Uh,
0: whew, hot take here. Best of the prequels. Let me tell you what.
1: Woo, man. Okay. I remember this, Josh. Uh-huh. I will remember this clip. Because... Like, whenever people are like, let's watch something, by people I mean Miriam, like, let's watch a prequel, you're always like, sure, I get to pick Rogue One, and now I will forever remember that you've said that this is the best. One.
0: We established earlier in this podcast that there was prequel spinoffs and originals, so the spinoffs are there, so you can throw I'm, the spinoff thing back in my I'm face. I'm gonna
1: hold it against but, you. But, yes. I'm gonna hold it against you, Josh. <laughs> Uh, Okay, what do you like about this film?
0: Oh, Ewan. This is why I'm going to use Ewan. Uh, Because, well, I think Ewan is a star of this series. And he is the thing that holds through for most of Attack of the Clones and and a lot of Phantom Menace. Though he's not in a lot of Phantom Menace. Here is actually where, like, Ewan is a champ. And I think that his... He grounds that, like, he came to play. He grounds it in this real emotional honesty. And so that the back half of this movie, where we actually see a lot of the character work between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, I'm like, man, if only this could have been... If this would have been set up in any way, shape, or form prior to this movie, this would have been an amazing scene. But for what it is, he manages to get me connected in that moment to the point where when he's like, you were the chosen one. Like, that whole speech there, yes, he is chewing a lot of scenery and he is hammering it up, but it works. Like, I believe his pain in that moment, that he doesn't want to do this. So, yeah, Ewan. Ewan is the thing that I really like about this movie.
1: Okay, what do I like?
0: Huh. there's, There's a thing you've said... I don't
1: know if on podcast, but there's a thing that I think is the thing that you like the most. I mean, I know what scene I like the most. Yeah. I like the Opera House scene. I yeah. love it so incredibly much. It is great. One, Anakin isn't talking. He's <laughs> just being listening. Yeah. Who's who it, Ian McDermott? Who's the yeah, yeah, McDermott? Eh, he's, yeah. You know, he's a little hammy, but like, I can follow along that journey. Good Palpatine. <sighs> Good time. Um, good time. What? Robats here? No, it's a good time. It's oh, a good time to watch. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I, I find I find that scene very enjoyable. I like the final lightsaber. Um, what you had said previously
0: about that scene that you really enjoyed—that I always like you made me connect into it a little bit more was, um, that that's one of the few times in the franchise that we get Sith.
1: Lore. We had Sith lore, right? Because, like, most of the time we're we're only told about, like, we actually almost know nothing about the Siths in the original prequel, or the original series at all. We almost don't explore it at all up until episode three. Because all we know, all we learn about is, like, oh, they have, there's two. There's the Master and the Apprentice. And then when you're watching this, um you get to kind of understand why the dark side is enticing to some people because there's this, this, an idea of this power that the dark side can give that has to deal with like bringing life and like there's some form of hope there which is like weird to think about like oh the dark side the evil side like why would there be any hope or anything that you could use for good on the dark side um, which then furthers that we don't need either side Balance to the fourth, yep. no more Jedi, no more Sith. Just. Gray. Gray. <laughs> so that's why her name is Ray. They're going to add the, the G. Oh,
0: there you go. Yeah.
1: It's silent right now. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, it, it is like the only time that you get any idea of Sith lore in these films and that you learn anything about, like, why did the Siths form? Reasons. Yep. Um.
0: I think that that ties in some way to, I, I I'm really kind of conflicted about this movie in general. In the Tell sense me about your of, conflicted
1: feelings, I fear leads to hate. Uh, hate leads to anger. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. So,
0: I think that I really. So the thing that I might dislike about this movie is, I really like a lot of the lore and some of that stuff that we're bringing in and some of the political intrigue and i actually think that these are all good ideas they're just arranged in a way that like by the time i get to revenge of the sith what i want this movie to be about is padme and anakin falling apart obi-wan and anakin falling apart uh, the Chancellor already should have, in in my brain, should have his power, his control, and this is the, the rise of the Empire.
1: And it doesn't, like, what this film really fails to do and what it really should have, what it needed to do is it needed to show that this, that the Jedi can- Council was not a useful tool at Agreed. that time. And no. that that was, that that political party of the Jedis, of being a tool for the Republic was a bad thing. And this film fails to do so. It's not until really The Last Jedi that you're like, oh, oh, maybe the Jedi Council wasn't good. Well,
0: and I think that that's part of the fact that, like, George is so precious with this series. Um, And part of that is, is that with Revenge of the Sith he gets so distracted by the fact that what he really wants to comment on with this movie is... Post 9-11 America and the George Bush administration, George Bush Jr. administration. And I think you see that hand of it so bluntly and so blatantly on this film. And I'm not saying that as like a bad thing for him as a person or an artist. Because like, of course, all of us in post 9-11 America were dealing with that. That was a huge tragedy on our country and on our society. And we all had to take time to deal with it. And I would not expect artists in any other way to not deal with that. However, I think it gets so blatantly bogged down in it that it really detracts from the film because of a lot of the things that you're saying in a lot of the ways that like it just it seems to like bog the film down. and so while I like the commentary, I'm not saying I don't like it it it, it a little bit if you go to the original trilogy, you see that there is some parallels to the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. It's not overt, but it is there. You know, and I, it's I appreciate that.
1: clear in um, Return of the Jedi. Yes. That is where it's most apparent.
0: And again, we are out of, um, we're out of the war by that point. Where we, we can reflect upon it. The other thing that I was going to say too to kind of wrap that point back around because my brain just thought of it again was um, when you look at Last Jedi and you look at Rain Johnson's Ryan Johnson's uh, way that he he can reflect upon Star Wars, and JJ could have done this too, in a way that like Lucas can't. Mm-hmm. You can't you, when you're inside your own creation, and in Lucas's brain, the Jedi Council is the good, you know. And so it's I I like that we have that outsider's perspective to say no, let's challenge what it means to be good. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this. So yeah,
1: what I don't like, yeah. Um, Padme doesn't do anything. Nope. We established this character that could do things. In two previous movies, she's fairly active in the plots of them. However, in this one, eh, she's pregnant. She can't do anything. The one that, the most plotty thing that she does is- She gives birth to (laughs) Luke and Leia. Oh, yes. I was gonna say, (laughs)
0: accidentally brings Obi-Wan to Anakin. Like, that's what she does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, that that was pretty disappointing. Uh- Somewhat, something that we haven't brought up. We, uh-huh. You kind of, you barely brought it up. Um, I, Samuel L. Jackson in these films, I think he gets away with scot-free. And I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, Samuel L. Jackson, you are the shining ray of hope in this movie. Samuel
0: is good in his movies. He's not credited in Phantom Menace. Um, and then he's the and credit, so he's got a little bit more to do in uh, Attack of the Clones. And um, the killed, most is
1: Revenge of the Sith. He kills Jango Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean I mean if we're going to rank the Jedi obviously it's Mace Wind, Obi-Wan, Mace Wind. Oh, I forgot to yell about stupid Yoda fighting with oh, a lightsaber. gosh. Uh, it's just so bad I forget it. Like he's weightless.
0: Sorry, go on. Uh,
1: it uh, I we don't need to see we don't We don't need to see Yoda with a lightsaber. We don't need to. We don't need to. This guy is so powerful with the Force. Let him just, like, force-smite them or something. <laughs> just
0: glare and they stop.
1: Which is something that I kind of appreciate about episode three, his fight between him and the Emperor, because that feels like a more... Tr- well, he also pulls out a lightsaber. But when he's, like, throwing the discs, that's better, because it's not just, like, him jumping around. Also, in episode two, Yoda's yelling and screaming as he's fighting. He's like, what? And I'm like, how is that not using anger to fight? It's yeah. <laughs> It's contradictory.
0: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> I think that the Dooku-Yoda fight in two is my least favorite lightsaber duel. Yeah, I think that's a true story. It just, like, Yoda becomes this weightless CGI blob. And also, it's also really clear, too, because, like, no offense, Christopher Lee, but you're in your, like, 60s, and, like, you also couldn't move, as a, so, like, they CGI'd you, too, and, like, that's, it's just a frustrating fight to My watch.
1: least favorite lightsaber fight is when Obi-Wan Kenobi fights um, General Grievous.
0: <laughs> oh, that one's awful. Also, like, four lightsabers. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna spin them really fast so I can kill them, and then when I'm within range, I'm gonna stop.
0: <laughs> I liked doing that fight this time, though, you were <laughs> and was just like, how do I belong? What is the And then you're like, story.
1: <laughs> I know. Guys, if you want to, like, real deep dive into, like, the prequel world, I would be happy to take, uh... I'm offering office hours. We can, we can talk about these things. And then I kept, like, texting stuff to you, and you are like, who? What? <laughs> and I was like, did you even watch these films? <laughs> also, also, I accidentally corrected someone who's not you about baby Yaddle, and then they were like, what? And I was like, nothing, never mind. Sorry, my bad. I don't have time to explain to you the complexities of Yaddle.
0: Uh, I have at ACT been referring to it as Baby Yattle as well. So, yes. Are some
1: of the kids on board or are some of them just. Yes, because
0: over the summer I made Yattle like an institution at ACT with our current.
1: As class. she should be! Yeah. She should have been an institution in the Jedi Council! Did I show
0: you when I framed the picture of Yattle? You spelled her
1: name wrong? Yes! Okay, listen. <laughs> okay.
0: I tried, okay? Our space. I fixed it. <laughs> We know that Smelly is not my strong suit.
1: <laughs> I just like. I, I remember we did what's the Star Wars characters that should get their own movie, and I went on a rampage about Yaddle. <laughs> I think that was the first time you had ever heard of this character. Well, I knew, like, like there was a. Lady second, Yoda! Yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I knew, yeah. yeah.
1: Who doesn't talk? Probably puppeteered by Frank Still, Is it a puppet? Yes. Okay. So Yoda in the first one is half puppet, half CGI. He may be more CGI now if Lucas went back and fixed things, uh-huh. but there are certain scenes where he is just a puppet. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh. <sighs>
0: Can I tell you my new favorite Star Wars fun fact? Okay. So <laughs> Baby Yaddle. Okay. Yes. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, there is a puppet. Mm-hmm. Do you know why Baby Yaddle is a puppet?
1: I don't know. Werner
0: Herzog. Huh? I stand Werner. Werner's amazing. Always. Uh, apparently, th- so when Werner saw the puppet for the first time on set, he legit broke into tears. This is his story. He <laughs> broke it. The man who made Agira Wrath of God and Grizzly Man. Burst into tears at the Baby yattle puppet, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Um. I
1: wonder if George Lucas is just at home, just like a puppet. That's all I needed to do. Yes, George. <laughs> it's all he wanted. It's what you did the first time.
0: <coughs> uh, and so, but apparently Favreau and others were like having a conversation about, should it be CGI or should it be this puppet? And apparently Werner goes over and like... He
1: smacks him. (laughs) He takes off his glove, smacks him once, smacks him twice.
0: And basically says that if you are going to do it right, it is going to be this puppet or you will fail. (laughs) And then like walks off. And so Werner Herzog is the reason Baby Yaddle is a puppet. So like, yes, we stand Werner. Bring it. Seventy-seven-year-old Berner Herzog. I love it.
1: Solo a Star Wars
0: story. Oh wait, hang on. The last question: <laughs> What? Uh, what is the lasting impact of Revenge of the Sith?
1: We decided we need to take a break, <laughs> regroup. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I mean. It's probably one of the reasons why Disney can, gets it, like because yeah. of the it's the end of the prequels and like because it didn't go out with a bang and like no one was really clamoring for that story to continue. Disney was able to Disney was able to make offers and buy it. I agree, yeah. And I think that that I think that that's its lasting impact.
0: Uh beyond that, because I agree with that hundred percent. I think this is I think this is where we get Ewan love. Like we all love Ewan a lot, and his little rat tail and. All of his boots and that. But, like, this, I think, crystallizes the Ewan in the prequels kind of era. And as uh, as an Obi-Wan that we want to champion alongside Alec Guinness. Because... Like, a lot of times, you'll hear people, like, whining about Hayden Christensen, who we didn't talk a ton about. There's not a lot to say. Listen. Hayden's not really directed.
1: He's not, he's not, he doesn't give a very strong performance. I also don't think that on paper there was anything to that character. And I don't think it, And like, also, don't bully Jake Lloyd.
0: <laughs> yeah, please. We're Kelly Marie Tran for that. Listen, instance. listen. Don't bully anyone.
1: People can have bad performances, but that doesn't mean that they do not have value as humans. And
0: a lot of times, frankly put, their actors who are in Hollywood are usually good enough that they they have a reason and a right to be there. That's not always true, and there is nepotism, absolutely, but... Nicolas Cage. For the most part, even the best actor needs a good director. And for as great as Lucas is at effects, and at some point, storytelling, and at some point, I don't know producing of films he's not a great director of actors it's just not a skill that he has and I'm not meaning that to like bash him across the face he everyone's like his direction to us is faster and more intensity and that's not a direction that's helpful for actors that says to me you don't care about the performance as much as you do about anything else and do, you,
1: do you want to know how true that is do you no. want to know how true that statement yes. is yeah. you should listen to a director commentary okay because when doing a director commentary he's like oh there's too emotion there's too much emotion in this scene like when Anakin has to say goodbye to his mother in episode one he's like yeah we had some other takes that were emotional but we just didn't have time for that and George and he's like "Huh, oh, everything in this scene is fake no reality. If he if he could just make CGI puppets of everyone, he... <laughs> he would. He would just be happier. And,
0: and it's funny that you bring up that sentence of all I had to do was make a puppet for you all to love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, George, yes. We fell in love with your series when it was puppets and models. And there's that tactile realness. And I think that's something that, that Disney understands about, like, in not even just in Star Wars, but you see in their Marvel movies and you see in their other movies that, like, yes, there's a lot of CGI. But it is grounded in a tactile realness that I think allows us to really connect to it. We're not... The Lion King, I think, is a great example of, dude, like, that movie made a lot of money, but nobody loves it. No one's talking. No one's like, yeah, that's my Lion King. Like, no. It's just not.
1: got it, It got... It got nominated for best animated movie.
0: Yeah, the live action Lion King
1: as it should have. False. It should not have been nominated, Josh. There were probably a better animated movie that could oh, have been nominated. There. Well,
0: okay. I <laughs> even say that I think in my top five right now, I think the Lion King is there, but just purely for the fact of like it is it's 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 beautiful to look at.
1: Yeah, I feel like farts.
0: <laughs> uh okay. Um Solo. Solo.
1: one just drains me <laughs>
0: <laughs> kylie just hears the word solo oh, so and just uh, uh.
1: listen i understand that the filmmaking is better i understand that sometimes we care about the characters in solo but i just like i don't like i w- when i was watching the prequels i was like wow it's like i'm living in a I'm just living the dream right now. This
0: movie has defeated you.
1: I don't. I, I don't know why. I I literally just have no idea why it is. Um, I hate. It's so. It does something actually that I don't like in this that uh, i Revenge of the Sith does, where it's like here are the pieces of the puzzle and we have to connect them all Mm -hmm. now. And a lot of that connection for the prequels is done in that last last episode. Mm -hmm. And so that's frustrating about it. Han Solo, a Star Wars story, you don't need to connect this many pieces. But it feels the need to connect every single piece. It, It reminds me of the Beauty and the Beast 2017 where... Disney listened to the internet and fixed it. Where they were like, oh, it's not to be taken literally. Anyways, and that's what it feels like here. But I don't think a lot of us were asking these questions. No. I don't think we cared. But they were like, we got to cover every base. It's like they all sat down and were like, what is any question you have about Han Solo? Where'd
0: he get his blaster? Where'd he get his vest? Where'd he get his pants? Where'd he get his name? Where'd... And I really just
1: don't care. No, Like, The Kessel Run, like, after watching that, I was like, oh, so you're dumb?
0: (laughs) Also, 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 (laughs) Disney, Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, whoever, Lord Miller, Ron Howard, whoever it was, (laughs) that was like, we need to back up George Lucas's statement that Parsec is a distance of is a measure of time, not distance. Like, that's literally the, the reason that parsec sequence exists is to just say, no, no, friends. It's not distance, it's
1: time. I think they're using it as distance.
0: Or sorry, sorry. Yeah, you are correct, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah.
1: Because, so, like, I remember when I, like, before seeing Solo, but when I was rewatching the original, I was like... Because I finally learned what a parsec was. I was like, oh, Han Solo doesn't know anything. And you're like, yeah, he's full of himself. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. But then they're like, no, 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 no. He meant to distance. Yeah. It's possible to do this run. And I was livid. Yes. <laughs> and the this thing that is essentially so, like, not important to Han Solo as a character, but to his, like, mythology, not knowing what that is, is part of the joy of it. And if you are going to force me, they didn't force me to know what it is. If you're going to tell me what that means, you got to make it a lot more interesting than this.
0: Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly.
1: Um, my thing that
0: I don't like about this movie Mm -hmm. is the relationships because they're either a extremely forced Or be non-existent.
1: Uh, uh, Listen, Lando and L3, that is... Yes. That's that's a beautiful... Yes,
0: (laughs) we're gonna get there because that's my, like, oh my god, I love. Um, But, outside of those two, it is either... The Han Chewy one in particular is the one that bothers me the most. He's mean to Chewie. He's, he's so mean to Chewie in this movie. And we first meet Chewie in this way that seems so out of any other thing that I know about Chewbacca. And there are good ways to break character and there are bad ways to break character. And we'll talk about some of the ways that it actually works in later films. But here I just... I don't understand why this is the first time in all of these movies that we really are presenting Chewbacca at the very first as this angry almost wild creature. And I get it. He's been locked in the basement or the the dungeon thing in the muddy dungeon for days without eating, and so he's hungry. But, like, is he just going to eat Han? Is that what he's going to do? I just, I hate that that's the first. Like, if you were watching these as a kid and, like, you were like, I'm going to watch these in order. That's your first thing to Chewie.
1: Is he going to eat Han? That's not our first introduction to Chewie. He's in episode three. Oh, he is in episode three. Yeah, remember Yoda says goodbye Chewbacca, my best friend.
0: Okay, so where does that timeline fit?
1: Oh, great question there, Josh. Well that has to
0: be then before he's captured and put in the dungeon. Yes. Okay, okay, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Cause I would say solo a Star Wars film probably take. it's like So it's I have I don't know. It's
0: between it is it's between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And that's know, where it takes place. But
1: like he's only like ten years older in a New Hope, right?
0: Theoretically. If you're basing it on Harrison Ford's age when a New Hope was filmed and all the Damon next age. But Han Solo was never technically aged, I don't think.
1: Yeah, so I think about you. <laughs> That's <laughs> the answer. I'm so um, sorry. Amelia Clark looks bored. Uh, Paul <laughs> Bentley's <laughs> having
0: a good time. Well,
1: he, well, yeah, he was my nominee for best uh, oh, okay. villain of the year last year. There's some good villains last year. It was a fun year last year for villainy. Um, what about uh, Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson, I. I...
0: Okay, so so a sentence that is uh, kind of sad. Okay, I actually like Woody Harrelson's character more after all of his friends are dead, <laughs> because then he's met, then he's serving a purpose in the film to Han at that point. And like, if Han's gonna be our main character, then I I just when he comes in, he's got this whole world, and like I, he's I weirdly looks like he's supposed to be some sort of like iconic version that this this Han Solo character is looking up to in some ways. And or he's I don't know, he just becomes somebody that we can actually connect to a little bit more after he's experienced some sort of tragedy in his life. At least that's how I feel about that character. Good. Your thoughts? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think he was I think he was pretty good. I think that um he benefits from just he gets to be his own kind of character. It is similar to a Han style later on. Yeah, But he gets to kind of just do his own thing. And I think that... I sure think that it is fun to be able to be your own
0: character. And... This is some fun world building. I don't love this movie on the whole. I think there are some extremely boring parts. Um, there are some extremely parts that don't work. But for the most part... This is fun world building. We get to look and see what different corners of the galaxy look like, and we get a robot uprising, and we get that the the planet that Han is originally on, and we see how Paul Bettany's weird uh, mafia thing is running, and like, there's so much that we get to fill out in this world that it's a good like. Uh, that's what I enjoy spending time with in the, in this movie. Um, that end. My, my, my thing that I love about this movie is Lando and L3. And I, I, I'll stand for them. I think that what Donald Glover does in this movie as Lando is amazing. And I, I, he's captivating as I'll get out. He creates this character that I think if you're looking at how Alden Ehrenreich does to Harrison Ford and what um, Donald Glover does to Billy D Williams... All that I think is trying so hard to be uh, to be Harrison Ford, to be something that he's not. And whereas Donald Glover, I think, really understands he's never going to be Billy D. Williams. That's not who he is and what he's going to be, but he can take the essence of of that character and um, and place it upon him and he can take some of the mannerisms and he can take some of the way that he holds himself and really those character traits and choices and create this thing this character that you believably so think 10 years down the line or so he's going to be this other version of lando that we know so, like, I I love all of that. That relationship with him and L3, I think, is perfect and wonderful. It makes it even more sad when she gets her brain is just put into the Millennium Falcon. And then he loses her in a card game. Like, again, that's something that is signposted in the original trilogy that then they then have to rewrite back to. And that's just frustrating that he would bet her in the card game. Though... After watching the scene, I don't see where this happens, but I've heard two people reference it in podcasts since. Apparently Han cheats in that game, and I don't know when, where, or how. I don't think he cheats. He just stops Lando from cheating. That's what I think, too. But, yeah, so, either way, um, yeah, Lando. I love Lando. I, 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 I just come back and watch those scenes.
1: All right, everyone. You, what was your thing you liked?
0: Oh, yes. you, gotta, you gotta like something.
1: Uh, I like when Han throws the cape. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> oh, oh it, just, it just hurt me. Okay, great. Uh
1: uh-huh. What? <laughs> I said, what it just hurt me? I love my capes. He just like... Ugh. <laughs> it's a good bit.
0: <laughs> it is a good bit. I agree.
1: Um, The lasting
0: impact of Solo, A Star Wars Story.
1: That we're no longer doing spinoff
0: movies. Yeah. We're not. Um, I, I think that Bob Iger has said... And pretty much because of the response of Solo that they're gonna take a quote unquote break.
1: I don't know how long that is. Twenty twenty two.
0: it's not really a break. That's just you replanning everybody. But I'm
1: gonna I twenty twenty two is when the next Star Wars film is gonna come out. I'm
0: no, that's flight. that is That's wait, that's real? Almost exactly their plan. No! Uh, They had said that during this, they said they were going to take a break. And then like six months later, they're like, yeah, we're going to go every other Christmas Avatar Star Wars.
1: Okay, everyone. So um, next film. Uh, um, The other thing that
0: I think is true. I think there's almost a negative impact on this as well. Um, And part of that is Lord and Miller were on this movie. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and they were directing it, and I think they had a really clear, really distinct vision. And Disney didn't like it, and they didn't like what they were getting, and it wasn't fitting with what they wanted. I feel like they were taking Han in a direction that I think a lot of us would have liked. Been like, yeah, Han, like he's he's this like scoundrel again, and not not a lovable one, maybe. And then so they brought Ron Howard in to make a Ron Howard movie, and it was fine. Exactly that. No better. I think in a lot of ways, you're going to see a more homogenization of Star Wars films again. I think Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi will remain a real outlier. And to some extent, Rogue One feels different when I watch it, but... I think they're all just gonna kinda of blend together as a quote unquote Star Wars movie at this point. And like in the Marvel universe, you're getting these unique filmmakers who are allowed to make their own use their own voice in making it. I don't think we're gonna see that in Star Wars now. And I think a lot of that is because of the quote unquote failure of solo a Star Wars story. Alright, um, Rogue One a Star Wars story. Rogue fun. Rogue fun indeed. <laughs>
1: Uh, Okay, great. (laughs) All right, episode four. A new hope.
0: I like Rogue One. It grows on me every time I watch it.
1: It went up this time. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Where's it at now? It's number five. Nice. Yeah. There you go. It's
1: a good time. Have fun. I. (sighs) Diego Luna is great. Love him. Love his character. Yep. Jinner, so wish that I knew more about
0: her. I mean, I wish I knew more about Jen, too, but what we get about Jen I really like. Uh, that central dynamic is really is really what carries this movie between those two characters. Um, and good droid. Good droid in this movie. Um, what is his? He's... K2SO. K2. Yeah, K2SO. Good well, droid.
1: A little too much lip.
0: Oh. And you she know,
1: she be. gives that really emotional speech of like, "Thanks everyone for coming to help me go to the speech planet, Sicario or whatever it's called." Scarith. <laughs> yes, Sicario.
0: Gareth. Okay.
1: I think it's right. Gareth. Yeah. Um, and then K two S O is like, "Jin, you'll always have me on your side," and she's like, "Aww," and then he's like, "Cassian says I have," you. <laughs> and I was like, "A little too much lip there." <laughs> well, K two's got to be himself. <laughs> He's not himself. He's been reprogrammed. Have you seen
0: any of the set footage photos of where Alan Tudyk, who voices that droid, is walking around in these giant stilts because he's also doing the motion capture for it? Sure have It's solid. It. It's just solid because like Alan Tudyk is actually a really short person and he's just having a good time being a really tall person. A uh, thing I like about Rogue One. Rogue Fun. Rogue Fun. I... Many things. There are so many things that I like. I think this is a good team. I, there's not anybody on this Rogue One team Rogue that fun. I dislike. Um, the movie's called Rogue Fun, but the team is called Rogue One. They Rogue say fun. it in there.
1: Rogue Fun. Goodness. Leaving the base.
0: <laughs> now I'm just imagining a resume. Rogue Fun. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I, each member works really well. They play their part. I think this is a, it ends up being a little bit of a heist movie at times. There's a platform. There's a platform. Good <laughs> platforms. Uh, the beach sequence. Oh,
1: wait. Solo. I don't know if I've oh, said sorry, it yeah, enough. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. No platforms. No
0: platforms. To
1: be found. Okay, anyways.
0: Beach sequence, probably one of my favorite invasion, just war sequences of the entire franchise. Like, I remember watching that in theaters the first time. I was blown away. It feels like a how... war movie. It does. Yeah, absolutely.
1: In, in a way, more than like Hoth feels like a war movie or in a war sequence. Uh-huh. Because with Hoth, like we're following Luke for most of it. But like with this, we're following a series of several other people, which yeah. is a lot, which adds to more of like that clenching feeling. And like, it's like everyone has this single job that they have to do and they're all relying on each other. And I just, that just, that feels like. That feels more significant and when people are lost in this fight, that feels far more significant than Hoth ever feels. Yeah,
0: agreed. Um What's something you like about Rogue One?
1: Uh, here we go. It's Mr. Donnie. Yen.
0: Yeah.
1: Our hero. <laughs> we stand a legend. Why <laughs> for? What Josh? Everyone in this film is great. Uh huh. Great times, great fun. Donnie Yen's character—nothing like I've seen. Nothing like I've seen in a Star Wars movie. He's not at all like a Jedi. He's not at all like anything I've seen before. He's not like Obi Wan Kenobi at all. Josh, he's so different.
0: He is. He's so very
1: different. Um, it was—it was kind of—it was—it was cool to have. Someone on the outside of Jedi-Sith kind of talk about what the Force means. uh, Because, like, sometimes we get Han Solo being like, That's not how the Force works! (laughs) And that's all. That's -hmm. that's his understanding. Um, I think that the diversity of this film is much needed. Although, then, like, the argument of, like, well, then... They just kill all these characters. I like that everyone dies. I do too. It feels very much like we're making the sacrifice for the war. Yep. Because um, other, uh, other than Yoda and Obi-Wan, no one else really dies in the original story. Um, they don't even really die. <laughs> no one's
0: ever really gone. Well, you know. Except for these Rogue One characters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, they were not in tune with the Force. Rogue Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really just want somewhere in Rise of the Skywalker for Donnie and to just pop up as a Force Ghost. He's
1: like, guys, I did it! I finally did I it! I did it! <laughs> um, I think that kind of getting to see what the Rebel, kind of, the politics of the Rebel is actually also, Rebel Alliance yes. is also very interesting. Because before it just seemed like we listened to Mon Mothra and that's the end of that, mm-hmm. but then seeing that there's infighting within it like makes sense because it's like oh yeah that's totally what would happen. Yeah, like people don't want to just lose their forces.
0: Well, and I like that Mon Mothma like is for this, but that because many of her allies are not, she's like, well, I have to I have to trust them. You mm-hmm. know, something
1: I don't like is uh, Tarkin and his gross face.
0: I, Tarkin's face doesn't bother me as much as Leia's does for some reason yeah
1: cause you're insane I don't
0: know <laughs> I, I can't help you with this one Josh I just maybe it's because I, I see it so much that you're like okay well I guess like this just my brain is like shut it off I'm like yeah this works um Tarkin's face has never like I don't know I it just doesn't bother me I can't see, but like uh, the Leia face does it not bother end, you
1: that we brought someone back from the
0: dead it does it does <laughs> That bothers me, but the actual CGI itself, yeah, no, um, I don't know. Just recast it. I get why you don't want to do that, but also just do it. We don't care. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Well, we will understand. Like Turkin. great, we we're with you,
1: Admiral Tarkin.
0: Yes. Um. Or oh, but- also,
1: I like that Darth Vader has his scene where he's terrifying. <laughs> that was great.
0: Okay, this is going to bring me to the thing that I don't like. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene where he comes on and he's like, destroying things. And then you... And the scene prior to this is where Governor Cranick or whatever it is, uh, goes there and we make dad jokes. Yay, dad jokes. I also like Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn's great. Ben Mendelsohn, Matt Mikkelsen, one scene it's perfection. Love it. Give me all day.
1: Are they are one. They're one
0: scene. They're one scene. They I'll watch it on repeat. They have do, two scenes. Do
1: they have two? Here, I'm gonna give them to you. Okay. Number one, uh-huh. the beginning. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. no- Great beginning. Number two, the rainy scene. Oh, the good rain. <laughs> it's rain. Yeah. I like this movie. I every time I watch it,
0: I there is a sequence in the middle, and it's where they go to.
1: Jedi. Um, Jedi, is that what it's called? Where the Jedi Temple is. Yeah, where the former Jedi Temple, where, where... Sagarera is. Forrest Whitaker? Saw Sure,
0: Forrest Whitaker is. Um, <laughs> His name is Saw Gerrera? Uh, sure, actor Forrest Whitaker. Um, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, that sequence drags a tiny bit for me, mm-hmm. and I, once we get there, I'm not really sure. Like, we're picking up characters along the way, and that's great, but I don't think we're... I don't know, it's just that sequence itself, and then the first Vader sequence, I don't like at all. The second Vader sequence is great, and if we would just gone there, and even, like, oh, what I was going to say about the Tarkin thing is, I don't think we need Tarkin in this movie, because it's established in the OG trilogy that, like, when Vader just hates you, you just die. Like, you could have easily taken a scene to where Vader kills whatever that person is, and then the next, they're like,
1: Tarkin's up! That's a really good bit. That's, yeah. like,
0: my favorite bit of the yeah. original series. And I'm like, yeah. yeah,
1: like, yeah, bits. <laughs>
0: and so, like, Tarkin could just be, like, the next one up in this movie, mm-hmm. and then you'd be fine.
1: Or, like, if you want to do this whole Tarkin thing, I think that the, where the CGI looks the best is where you have the reflection from the window. If, you're yes. in, if you have to do this, do that. I don't yeah. believe you have to. Just recast. Agreed. None of us care. Um, um the, the issue with your thing is, Josh, is at the end of Revenge of the Sith, guess who's standing there? It's Tarkin. So, uh, I don't, sorry, but it's gotta, it's all gotta connect.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> just cut that scene. It's too late. Oh, see jam out. Just, like, take a match marker. So everybody's copy.
1: Anyways, right. okay, so everyone's copy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> please, please take your copy of Revenge of the Sith in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I have the original version of Revenge of the Sith. It hasn't been fiddled with.
0: Talkin's still here. Talkin's here. The Talkin cut. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, lasting impact of Rogue One. We got Solo.
1: Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't <laughs> know what it is. It's a good movie, but it's—I don't think it has a real lasting impact.
1: No, everyone died. Part of yeah, because everyone died. Yeah, Rogue Two. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, rogue you. (laughs) Rogue few. (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, yes. I think you're right. It's lasting impact is solo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's move to the OG trilogy. Mm -hmm. Episode four, A New Hope.
1: So I watched this with my dad. The first time I ever watched it. And he quoted um, lines that are so unmemorable. (laughs) <laughs> that don't matter like you know how people are like help me Obi-Wan you're my only hope and like people are like may the force be with you and, Oh, like, he he's on what? the droids they're looking for he's he just... like he does the part where like after R2-D2 has run away and he's like talking to C-3PO and he's like what are you doing back there like my dad knew that line and he just said that and I was like, I was, like father and so now that's the line I always think I always associate with this film is what are you doing back there and I realize that no one else understands my right Classic
0: now. cinematic line. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Yep, so uh, that's how I view... <laughs> uh...
0: Great, what are you doing back there?
1: Josh, I love Josh. Josh, is my favorite film. Favorite film in the series. I love it. It's fun. It's great. Uh... <laughs> Everyone has their things, and... They get to do their things, and you know, we go from set piece to set piece, and it's just very satisfying to me. It's very
0: classic traditional filmmaking. It It is is. a satisfying film. It feels good and fun to watch. I understand why this film took the world by storm. Its use of mythology and its storytelling is strong. Um, That when you cast Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Alec Guinness, Carrie Fisher, um, Anthony Daniels. Anthony, well, (laughs) I was trying to think of, like, people who are on screen and we see their face. Oh, James Earl Um, Jones is not that answer. Maybe, but James Earl Jones counts, for what I was going to say, too, in the sense of, you cast these actors who are able to emote and are able to go through George Lucas. Mm Mm-hmm and create memorable characters. And I think it's the thing that Lucas never quite understands, and you can tell this by his filmography, that the technology is not what draws people in. It's cool, it's amazing, but spectacle only goes so far. You have to connect to this story and these people. And the fact that you get, you know, this scoundrel in Han Solo and this genuine hero in Luke Skywalker and this rebellious princess in Princess Leia... Those are archetypes. It's how these people do to bring them to life that really brings a fresh air to this story. Yeah, A New Hope's great.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, if this ahead. has the best relationship between Han and Luke, uh, uh-huh. that kind of gets dropped a little bit in the following two films, right? And most of that has to do with the fact that they're just separated for most yeah. of those films. Um, but that that the relationship between Han and Luke is something that I actually really dig. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, like, later on, Han's motivations is a lot of doing what's right for Leia. And I think it's interesting of doing what's right because of his friendship with Luke. Which, and I think that that's why it's so unique in that, in this first one. Mm -hmm. uh, Because that's the only time we get to see it at full force.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, This is when they're getting to know each other as well. mm -hmm. We see a little bit of it at the very beginning of Empire... But then they're split off again because Empire.
1: Because Han does the thing where he goes and he saves Luke because yes. it's the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Luke. When Han and Luke is like, I'm always like, driving force. <laughs> um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi is a darling yep. and
0: dashing old man. I old love. Man.
1: He's so cool. <laughs> Josh. Matt Williams.
0: Matt Williams, are you here, Matt?
1: No, he's not Ma, that. Ma, he's not like Ma that. Ma Josh. 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 Josh! It, uh, Josh. It's like you don't even. Josh.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Was this not the right time to evoke
1: Mutt? No, Josh. <laughs> uh, I think. I. I love. Uh, the lightsaber fight between him and Darth Vader is great and fun. Ugh. Uh. Okay, I know, like, (laughs) technically it's not. However, that emotional weight... It is there, it is there.
0: (laughs) I think it's... I agree with you so much about all of these sentences, and... My sentences aren't sentences, they're just... Sorry, uh, I agree with your emotional outbursts. uh Uh-huh. And I think it's an interesting thing that we speak, and uh, generally speak, so emotionally... About A New Hope as compared to the prequels. And I do those four in particular because those are directed by George Lucas. Written and directed by George Lucas. And yet this one feels so different and it feels so emotional. And there are... It doesn't have to be technically great. There's emotion behind it. And I just... I want to know where his brain disconnected and what that happened because if he kept what he did here, I mean, this could be even bigger than better than what they are. Mm-hmm. If I had to, so like, what's the thing I don't like about this movie? I don't, I don't know how well it holds at times. I think there are elements of the story that are hokey at this point. And especially and particularly with the Luke Skywalker character.
1: Mm-hmm. He is a little like, Oh, I'm the good old farm boy going to do the war thing. He's also a whiner. He is a whiner. And it's great. Um, I'm so glad that he learns to no longer he whine. He does, but he learns.
0: <laughs> and I appreciate that he learns. <laughs> if I had to like nitpick my way through this movie, it's, it is things along those lines. There's also the prolonged repo R2 sequence at the beginning drags a little for me. Yes. Um, and so like if I, but I'm being nitpicky about this movie. And the only reason why I'm being nitpicky about this movie is because it's it's not my personal like favorite, but man alive, this is this is the movie that I think generally gets you to fall in love with Star Wars. So like there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's <laughs> great. Um, I
1: moved this movie down Here. in my rankings. I think that there are some issues with Mark Hamill's performance. Yes. Um, Like, as I joked to you after his aunt and uncle died, I was like, because he just goes like, and I was just (laughs) like, I was like, oh, so emotive. Mm -hmm. So acting. Uh, We had other takes where there
0: was more emotion, but this is the one that we used. No. (laughs) Um,
1: And I think that that, that a lot of that has to do with he's just young and, I don't know, doesn't have no.
0: direction. Yeah. Um, also, when you look at the rest of his career, he goes on to be a voice actor for primarily the rest of his career, mm-hmm. and so it, it may just be something that his physical performance is not something he's super comfortable with.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that he also does a very good job of, or not. Sorry. I think that something else that bothers me is that the costuming in this in some of these characters looks really cheap,
0: especially his. <laughs> You can tell the budget on this movie was much smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Aunt
1: Baru is wearing a ring ranchers. Well, insult. and
0: then it's interesting that then this movie, like, it becomes the template for all costumes moving forward, and yet it's made so cheaply. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: <sighs> um Okay, so what's something you like? Oh my god, I love
0: <laughs> so much of this movie. Uh, I mean, you're just getting to live in this world. I love that Princess Leia is an active um, character and she's like, no, help me. I need help. But she's not just sitting around. Like when we first meet her, she's like, no, what are you idiots doing? Why are we in a trash compactor now? Like, let's get, we, I, I will get you out of this. She's like...
1: a, they're in a good trash compactor because she put them there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair.
0: you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You guys um... didn't
1: have a plan to get us out of here. <laughs>
0: um I lo- I mean I love like Han Solo has been long my favorite Star Wars character because of this movie because he just swaggers his way in and he's like this is my amazing ship and my cool sidekick and like yeah we're here to do things and I did shoot first forget you everybody else um McClucky McClucky, McClucky. yeah um oh. Did we have an just, inquiry of the half fortnight? Nope. We just went in. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, I just, there, what's not to love about this movie. I, I use this movie in class to teach story structure. Most people have seen it. So it's really good to do that, but it's also very classically scripted. And so whenever I teach a writing directing unit, I almost always start with star Wars because it is this film in particular is brilliantly paced and or brilliantly plotted and really really scripted to a um a good storytelling unit does it does drag at times but that's more in the filmmaking than it is in the actual storytelling uh did you uh, do your likes and your dislikes Specifically, you like it all. Uh-huh, yeah. Once something that you I, don't.
1: Like I, I said I kind of critiqued Mark Hamill's performance. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I thought you had. I just didn't know if like we'd done it formally.
1: Yeah. I like. I. What I like. I think what I like about this as a Star Wars film is that it mixes the elements of Star Wars that we know pretty well. Because like. What I mean by that is, like, when you think about Star Wars, we have ideas of, like, space battles, lightsaber duels, um, other stuff. And I feel like that this has a little piece of each of that. And that's what I mean. It's the first one. And then yeah. after that, they're like, well, we could do a space battle. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that, that feels... I like the way that it's, like, we're going to do this piece by piece by piece with all of the characters. And good time.
0: The Lasting Impact of Star Wars. Oh my gosh. New <laughs> Hope.
1: I made this weird franchise I don't know if anyone's heard of called Spaceballs.
0: Oh, great. I <laughs> <laughs> we were with the same joke but different.
1: Um, so, I, th- I, I, I mean, the Lasting Impact is that I can go to a mall yeah. and buy a porg. Like, <laughs> That's it. That specifically <laughs> is <laughs>
0: this movie porgs. End of story.
1: Like, my mom knows who these characters yeah. are. She's never seen this.
0: Yeah. There is very few things in the world that this film itself has not touched. Um, we wouldn't see... Couldn't
1: si- reach the level of Annie Hall.
0: Yep. <sighs> We wouldn't sit in the world that we are without Star Wars, especially the cinematic world that we are, the way the blockbusters work, the way the studio system works, the way characters are told, the way Joseph Campbell's myths are perpetuated on, the way that we... Just, it's all here. It, like, it all starts with this movie. I think that this is, this is the easiest one to see out loud. See with your eyes, not your ears. Uh, okay, um, episode five. Attack. Nope. Empire Strikes Back. Attack of (laughs) the (laughs) Clones. Two. Okay, so this is my favorite. Um, Empire is a movie that takes that Star Wars formula, which I love, and says, okay, but what if their life sucked? And how are they going to deal with it? What it does is, Empire, the plot of Empire Strikes Back. If you really try to, like, plot out what this movie is or does... Here, I'll do it. Okay yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Luke gets bashed around for a while. Then he abandons his friends. Two people uh, fall in love with each other who have romantic chemistry, go and hide in a worm for a while, and then they don't hide in a worm anymore. And then they go meet their friend, Lando, and he betrays them, but for the good of his city. Um, and then someone gets frozen in carbonite, and then Luke gets nagged into being a Jedi. <laughs> but then Luke, uh, Luke is not a Jedi because he is too impulsive. He's too old. Um, and then daddy issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of plot to this movie. The only elements of this movie that you really need to take forward into the future parts of the franchise are uh, Luke's a Jedi, Luke, I am your father, Hans and
1: Carbonite. And they love each other.
0: And they love each other. I love you, I know. Yeah. So what about this movie... Makes it my my personal favorite. And, and, and for the most part, I think Empire is the universal, like, considered to be the best. Though not... Universal is too strong of a word. Maybe there's some consensus or things along those lines. I think that when you ask a lot of times, Empire is the answer. Mm-hmm. I, think... I will
1: say that... See, my favorite is A New Hope. But I think the best one is probably Empire. Yeah.
0: Irving Kirshner comes along to direct this movie, and what he genuinely understands is that in order to make this story work, he's going to have to take all of these weird technological advances and these weird character moments... Or these weird um, beats and turn them into character moments. This film cares only about deepening who these people are through the lore and mythology of the universe. So we get to see what a cloud city looks like as it's trying to survive what the Empire is. We get to see more about who the Jedi are by looking at what they were and introducing Yoda. We, we get to... See how the rebellion is fighting this war against this overarching uh, enemy, and we get to see how the empire is—it's attacking of the people, and how it's not always these giant war battles. Like I think the biggest battle that we see is on Hoth. And within that, there's there's the the at walkers and there's that there. But other than that, there's not, like, a big epic space battle to be found in this movie. The climactic moments happen all around emotional one-on-one conflicts, you know? And, and that, to me, is where what we take is... And I like the fact that the movie explores the... I don't want to say dark side of the characters because, like, that's too much, like... There's too much background to the sentences, but it explores their the le- flaws. The flaws. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> it explores their flaws as people, and therefore that it by exploring their flaws, it enhances them as characters, and that's what I really adore about this movie. Is it could care less about the plotty things, and to George's best thing that he did was to bring on a director like Kirshner, who cares. For story, and he cares for actors, and he cares for characters. And that comes together with what George cares about and makes an excellent movie. Your thoughts on on, on Empire?
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you called
0: it your side piece the other day. Yeah. That was a good one.
1: Yeah. It actually moved down this time. So sorry. So sorry. I think, I think,
0: because I, I haven't looked, but I think that it probably moved down in similar ways that I moved A New Hope down.
1: You moved Last Jedi up?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Because, yeah. like, it was Empire was my second, and then I put Last Jedi up. Yeah. Um,
0: what is, what is something that I don't like about Empire? It ends... I'm not, that's not my answer, but that's literally what my brain thought. Okay. This is, oh, whatever.
1: Leia feels like she has less to do in this film. Okay. Um, because in a lot, so she's with Han pretty much the entire film, And a lot of... He is more of the driving force than she is. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, I feel like she's also a big piece of it. Yeah. But when I think about the actions that she does, she doesn't... I don't think she helps push the plot forward much.
0: I would agree with that sentence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I was going to say is a little bit tied into the lasting legacy of Empire as well. Um, I don't love the way that other... Because I think Empire is so beloved and beholden, I don't love the way that other franchises or other even installments in the Star Wars franchise try to make use this as their template. And they're like, Empire is the dark one of the trilogy and things go bad and they end in this dark place. So maybe I just I don't love that its lasting impact is like, the second act of your story structure has to go along this line.
1: You did not say anything explicitly bad about Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Okay, I know.
0: I'm trying. I agree with you on yours. Like, that's a good one. Like, that's a solid one. Thank you. Um, but I'm just thinking about every... Okay, okay, okay. Um... Because I was thinking about all the characters, and I'm like, oh, Chewie and 3PO, and they're like, romance is like the most beautiful thing in the world. It's not a romance, it's a bromance. But like, when Chewie's like carrying 3PO around, even though he's annoying as crap, like, you're like, oh, they're great. And like, Vader and the Empire, the Emperor, like, talking, they're all wonderful. Okay. Um, yours is good. Yours is the right answer. But I just have to come up with one myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what R2 does in this movie. R2 sucks. I don't know. I don't know what R two does in this movie. He hangs out with Luke.
1: Yeah. Oh, R two doesn't have enough to (laughs) do. Get ready, episode nine. (laughs) (sighs) Oh. I I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I don't. don't, There's that. There's a scene in the forest. Where he imagines himself as Darth Vader. A dinglepaw? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I still don't completely understand that. <laughs> but sh- we sure do. We do it again. We do it in The Last Jedi also. Where it's like, there's just this really dark force. And I was like, is it, is it there because of Yoda? Is it, why is this here? Do I just, are these pockets everywhere? <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, makes actually makes more sense in Last Jedi than it does on Dagobah, but yes, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, lasting impact of Empire Strikes Back.
1: You, as you said, the middle term has to be the middle one has to be the the low point. Uh, uh.
0: I think in some ways, franchising is the lasting term of this because there was franchises and there was sequels long before Empire Strikes Back.
1: Star Wars could have ended and just been a, a yes. singular movie. It wraps it up. But then this one, this one says we're going to have another one. Yeah. And, and not
0: only is that other, another one going to be there, it's going to be a, a new story. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be a rehash of what you've already seen. Yeah.
1: So now it's almost like expecting that if there's any big film, there has to be a sequel. Yeah. Ha <laughs> Knives Out.
0: Benoit Blanc. All right. Return uh, of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Oh, you. Return of the Jedi is the film that I just want to, like, give a little noogie to
1: and be like, oh, you, you little rascal. This is my dad's least favorite movie. Well, (laughs) this is, I think,
0: the first Star Wars that has a lot of real backlash to it. Um, And its backlash is that Ewoks are cute, and therefore, his movies is for kids.
1: I don't, I don't love the, a lot of the Ewok stuff. <laughs> I mean, there are no porgs. <laughs> I like Ewoks. So cute. When we, when we get captured by them and we're spending a lot of time with them and in their thing, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what
0: happens between Sarlacc Pit uh-huh. and Endor?
1: Yoda dies. Oh, okay. That's, that's all that... We
0: go back to Dagobah for a hot second? Yeah,
1: and, and then, and then Yoda dies, and then, because, uh, Han and Leia just go back, and now he's a general. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know if I can totally articulate what it is necessarily about Return of the Jedi, that it feels like the lesser of the three originals. I think in a lot of ways it's like Rogue Fun where I really don't have any specific issues with the movie but I also don't watch this and I'm like, great cinema! I'm like, oh, good story, like fun story. I liked watching it. Ewoks are cute. There's a good romance. Everything happened the way it's supposed to happen. The end. I don't ever feel this giant connection to this movie yet i think this is the one i've seen the most i felt like growing up i was always watching jedi it's for kids yeah (laughs) it's for kids
1: yeah listen i don't want to sound like a cliche i don't love the ewoks don't hate the Ewoks. Right. I I find... I don't... Like, when they're battling and stuff, that's fine and dandy. When we're at their place and see three POs a God, that's... A little rough. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying.
0: <laughs> I like... I think my favorite Ewok scene is the one with Wicket and Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's maybe one of the better scenes for... I wouldn't say it's, like, on the top. I, I think it's one of the better scenes for Princess Leia, also. Like, I think Carrie Fisher gets a little bit to do in that moment. I think that we're discovering who that Wicked is, what the Ewoks are. I like that scene. I agree with you. The 3PO stuff. 3PO as a character on the whole is kind of annoying to me. So sorry.
1: I love C three PO. I love that he's annoying. I, it's, it's not <laughs> bad necessarily, but I'm just so like when he's the deity and uh, I've uh,
0: the the sequel trilogy has given me the perfect amount of three PO like. That moment where he comes in, we're like we're trying to see the uh, reunited hot and Leia, and he's like, "Hello, Mister Mister Solo, do you see my arm?" And I'm like, oh, you."
1: It's a callback to the. It's a call back to the fifth one. It is.
0: It is a callback. Yes.
1: Um. Well, the, the scene between Leia and Wicket lets Leia show a softer side that she generally does not have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which then shows up again in Last Jedi when her and Holdo are like, ah, that scoundrel Poe, he's gotta learn a lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. I really
1: wish she had force slapped him. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first time she uses the force is slapping Poe camera (laughs) to the wall of the ship.
0: (laughs) So all these years, Poe, and you're the one to bring it out of me!
1: Uh, yeah, um, I I like. I think that this is the one. <laughs> this is the movie up to this point that we've talked about that shows the best struggle between the light side and the dark side. Yeah, absolutely. With Luke and with Darth Vader, far better than Anakin ever struggled with. Not as good as what. We're gonna struggle with later on, but I think that this is one that you are watching them go back and forth between, um, the, uh, Luke's anger and internal rage, and uh, Darth Vader's, you know, very emotive face for yeah. his concern of his son. Um. Oh wait. Okay. Nothing. No. Oh, nope. Go no, continue. I think
0: in comparison to talking to a little bit of. Last Jedi and this in that like exploration of light and dark. I agree with you, way, way better than anything that happens in the prequels. This is the purest sense of it, where it's just it's good, it's bad, it's light, it's dark, it's it's Luke, it's Vader, it's like it's it's there. It is. It's laid out for you. It gets a little more gray area with Rey and Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that evolution of it as well. It's we
1: in a more gray time in our society. Yes.
0: Um, again, more reflective times of each of the eras that those films are made in.
1: And, well, and I think that this, can, this is... I think that one of the reasons why you can do a good and a dark here so easily is that the Empire is such an evil force, an evil Mm -hmm. figure, that it's very easy to just be like, well, then we have to be the good guys. And that area of gray zone doesn't exist as much. Um, And so I think that that's one of the reasons I like that Luke freaks out in the middle of that lightsaber fight and is definitely fighting with rage. And I'm like...
0: <laughs> and you're pulling your hood up and putting it over your eyes and. Uh, but they flow through you. Something that I don't like about this movie, as I was watching it through this time, this is the this movie feels, in many ways, like it's a product of its era. Mm-hmm. Um, I was noticing a lot more '80s sci-fi. Tropes and stylings and the score sound a little bit more eighties and like lays on a gold bikini for no other reason than we have to do that in a sci fi movie is sexualize our characters and the the morality boundaries got a lot more clear you know and it just is this feels like an eighties movie in a lot of ways whereas New Hope and and Empire. Do not. Those feel more timeless in a lot of ways. Um, I think the prequels all feel exactly like when they come out and there is definitely era specificity in the two new ones or all the four new ones as well. But I think they're trying for a more timeless era. But here I just, I was watching this I was like, oh this is as sci-fi 80s as anything else that there ever is. You know, and and, and I think that they, they lose a little bit of steam here in this one. So, yeah. Um, do we do the,
1: both the good and bad, um... I don't think I said anything good about okay, this Okay, what'd you like? Yeah. Oh, no, I did. I said, good, Luke gets mad. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You have to get angry. Well, you like the expo- exploration of, of light the light and the dark, yeah. And someone going back and forth between them. Yeah. Okay, well.
0: Um, lasting impact of Return of the Jedi. Toys. Toys.
1: Um... Probably that we just we take a break. Mhm. And that I, I think that, that uh, I think that this film and the criticism it faced is probably one of the reasons why I, I know that Lucas was like, I always intended to that it would be in the middle and I'd go back and do the first ones and I don't really care for that argument. But I think no. that this is the reason why he's like, Well, I guess I'll go back and do the prequels now and no. not continue this story because um, it didn't feel like this had a clear cut place to yeah. go after
0: this. There's definitely a feeling of finality mm-hmm. with this one. Um, they definitely had to spend some time in the Force Awakens, reopening the story, and it does make sense that that takes a, a, a you know thirty some odd year time jump into the future. You know that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. One of the other lasting impacts of Jedi for me is, is kind of unknown. I feel that, and this is just based upon J.J. Abrams' track record as a filmmaker, if you look at even The Force Awakens, but also what he did with the Star Trek movies, um, I think we're going to see more of Jedi's impact once we can talk about Rise of Skywalker.
1: I see Jedi. I there. I see a little bit of Jedi in Force Awakens and in Last Jedi already. Uh huh. Um, I think that they. I think that there is influence there. Um, when I was watching Last Jedi, I was like, I see a lot more influence from the original series. Than I originally thought. Yeah, was I
0: agree. There.
1: Yeah, um, and just watching it all in succession, being like, "Oh, we had something similar to that," and blah blah blah, we had something similar to that. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and so I, I think that I think that, that influence is there in the next two. Um, but as far as you're saying, is you're like, we're gonna go pot for plot. Yep.
0: I will, I will be disappointed if that is what happens in Rise of Skywalker, but I will not be surprised. So, maybe maybe that's just me lowering some expectations for myself, but I genuinely think that, that that's what we're in for. Not that it'll be bad, but I just don't think it'll be as... I'm going to use a big word that's kind of overdramatic, as transcendent as the experience of watching The Last Jedi was.
1: Um... Force Awakens. Maybe you're just supposed to be disappointed in your blockbusters this year. Maybe. Maybe an endgame and this. You're just you're just meant to not happy not be happy. 2019. Maybe Disney is closing the doors on you. Oh no. And sucking me in. <laughs> with all their not animation. There you go. Have I liked any of their animated this year?
0: You didn't hate Frozen 2.
1: That's true. I didn't hate Toy Story either. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> good compliment for yeah, me. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I hate most of their animated films. I don't think I even hate wreck Ralph. I don't yeah. like that film, but I don't think I hate it. Right. I think there was more good than bad. More good than bland. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Force Awakens.
0: Episode <sighs> 7. Just tears. Um, <laughs> For the sole purpose of... I'm pretty sure we've been recording for almost two hours at this point. Yes. And we actually have individual standalone episodes for Force Awakens and The Last Jedi.
1: What's something new that you learned?
0: Yeah, maybe let's let's streamline these two conversations a little bit. Um, because I, I don't I don't think that my opinion has changed all that much. On these two films, since we talked about them,
1: I don't care that it's a ripoff of a New Hope. Okay. I liked a New Hope. I like. Th- <laughs> I like these characters, Josh. Yeah. I. <laughs> um, I know that they introduce these three new characters of Finn, Rey, and Poe, mm-hmm. and I know that they have characteristics similar to the original three that we meet. Uh huh. I also think that they overlap with the other three characters more. There's than... not a direct correlation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I appreciate that, and that's what I like about this film. And I think... I agree. I also has one of my favorite parts of all of Star Wars, and that's Kylo Ren hitting his wound. <laughs> oh, hitting his wound. <laughs> I thought you were like, Tantra! <laughs> I, 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 I commented that to Jeff, who has seen these movies and who should know me as a person, And I, like, I just sent the gift of him, like, punching his wound. And Jeff was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I was like, no, like, I Uh, love that Um, so I agree with you
0: in the sentence that it doesn't bother me as much anymore. That this is kind of a a celebration slash retread of A New Hope. Especially in the light of where The Last Jedi went. Because I think that A New Hope and force awakens serve really similar purposes that are like guys 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 star wars
1: i think it also makes sense with where they put their original characters and where they ended up yes and and every it, it it latches on to the original so well that i believe that leia even though she has these this relationship with with han and with luke that she would regardless of whether they were there or not she would continue the Rebel Alliance, yeah. like that, I that's something I like that Han Solo, when he is faced with, maybe not like, but I understand that when Han Solo is faced with a very difficult um, conflict in his life, that he chooses to leave, mm-hmm. and that has to do with his son and everything. And that's a consistent choice for his character. It may not be the one we want him to
0: make, mm-hmm. and I think that's something about this new sequel trilogy that I really like. Characters don't always make the choice that we want them to make. Mm-hmm. This may be specifically in last Jedi for Luke, but they don't always make the choice that we want them to make, but they make specific choices that make sense for their character. Mm-hmm. Would it be as would it be more satisfying to some if Luke would have just been the hero of the galaxy forever and always and that's how we meet him here? Sure. But that's not the choice that was placed in... That's not what we were given. And I think it actually makes sense that based upon what happened, Luke has always been a little bit guided by his emotion and his fear. That is something that Yoda even says to him. And in some ways about his ignorance, in a lot of ways about like he thinks after he acts. So this makes sense. He made a bad choice. And his response is going to be, burn it all to the ground, run away. Mm-hmm. It can't work. And that is us as a society being able to finally look at this Jedi thing and be like, "Man, does this concept even hold water? How does this even work? Like, who are these people and why are their ideals held up so strongly?"
1: Mm-hmm. And it it almost it almost looks at the Jedi In a way of like when we're experiencing the Jedi through the lens of Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's looking back at it as like, this was a means to an end. Like, the Jedi Council needed to exist. And when we're looking at the prequels, which is a bad representation, we're Mm kind of just like, oh, you know, the Jedi Council, they're there. But, like, it's it's in these newer ones that, from Luke's perspective, who was never part of the Jedi Council and who tried to implement a Jedi way and it failed, that it's no longer a means to an end. It's no longer a necessary... Force yep. or evil in this world. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, you had mentioned the correlation between the three characters, and I really mm-hmm. like how they actually pair these them pair them together because I think the clearest one is Luke and Wright. That one, that parallel path is there, and then when you get to the other two characters, Poe and Leia. It's Poe and Leia, and Finn and Han. Mm-hmm. And while cool. their character traits don't always. Match their story arcs too, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it because they're telling them from a different point of view, and I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that even Ray encapsulates some Han Solo nope. with her as well. Yeah,
0: but she, in that same way that Luke looks up to slash idolizes before Obi-Wan. he befriends Han. Oh. Um, because I think Luke in some ways is like, like oh, this guy. I mean, he's so cool. Like, Oh, but he's a jerk. Yeah, but he's so cool. He's talking
1: bad about Obi-Wan. Oh,
0: no. But he's kind of cool. Um...
1: Why, why are you talking like me, Josh? <laughs> just, you know. Are just... you saying me and Luke are the same exact person?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm the 3PO of this universe.
1: Alright, anything, you're like... The Emperor. <laughs> Why do you always make me the most evil <laughs> character? Sorry, let me try again. If anything, you're like the rancor. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so sorry, Do let me to try again. If anything, you're no, it's just getting sadder. No, here, I got it, I got it. I got it. I got it. Bring it back, bring it back. Okay. If anything, you're wedge. <laughs> Can I at least be Max one sino? Oh? <laughs> sure. Okay, great. He's also evil. Good good job. He's evil? Oh, Max von Sydow. I, th- I was thinking Werner were horrible. Her- 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 yeah.
0: No, yeah. Um, okay, other uh, things about Force Awakens in particular. Um, I. Love Kylo Ren. Don't. Oh, yeah, Kylo Ren. Yeah, go Kylo Ren. Yeah, you. Don't talk about Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's great. He's just so cool. <laughs> well, he's not
0: cool. He's what they... I My my take is... Here is why okay.
1: Kylo Ren is awesome. Yeah. Because in the series of Star Wars, there's these things called fans. And they are a poisonous, venomous collection of people. Not all fans. And they have been made worse by the poisonous, vicious, and toxic internet. Yes, not all Star Wars fans. However... In uh, colloquial, well, colloquial terms, the the trolls mm-hmm. um, who have gone and they complain about their Star Wars, and that's why we have whiny Kylo Ren who wants my force. <laughs> Ky- that's why Kylo Ren is great. He yep. is a reflection of this phantom and its bad
0: points. So here's my addition to that. The character that receives the most backlash in the new franchise is Rose. And I think that Rose is another representation of the fandom. Mm -hmm. Because she as a character shows up and the first thing she does is she's like, oh my gosh. Like, she's, for lack of a better term, fangirling over... And she's there with all of her knowledge And all of her love and all of her things And like then she's thrust into being into the action And she's realizing that Maybe not everything about this person And this thing needs to be idolized But she's still there for the ride And she's there to enjoy it And I think that in her way of just being a part of this universe is as important as the universe being beholden to itself. And she is there to accept the ride and the journey that she's being given, as well as interact with it and change it at times, too. You know, because without her, Finn wouldn't survive The Last Jedi, Finn would make a bad choice. You know, and so I think that I love that that Kylo is that one aspect of it, but Rose is the other aspect of it. And I think in some terms that it makes sense as to why then in some corners of the fandom, Kylo is like amazing and Rose is like the worst. And yeah, I think it's really, I think it's an interesting examination. Um... Kylo at points to me is the character they wanted Anakin to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it, like if you had given me this, I would I think the prequels would be much better.
1: Ah uh, yes, if they Driver had just played Anakin. <laughs> well,
0: yes, but also a <laughs> uh, 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 you know complex mm-hmm. character. Yeah.
1: I remember the first time he takes off his helmet when I saw this and I was like, who's this? <laughs> Put the helmet back on. <laughs> and now I'm like, I understand. <laughs>
0: now you're like, can I get the helmet and shirtless combination, please? <laughs> he um I think that
1: I think that Adam Driver is probably my favorite performance of these new ones. I yeah. think that just him as Kylo Ren is so fascinating. I think that Darth Vader isn't a complex character until he needs to be a complex character Agreed. at the end. But I think that Kylo Ren has been far more complex the entire time, even with, like, Force Awakens killing his father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Last Jedi being something.
0: <laughs> well, Last Jedi, he tries to kill his mentor. Oh, yeah. like, no, he that...
1: succeeds. Well, yeah. He does. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... He can't kill his mom, though. I mean, he could. No, he do not No, he can't. Why? Because he he has the chance to shoot the bridge out. He knows his mom oh, on there. Oh,
0: okay. And so he
1: takes his hand off of the. the
0: yes. Okay. Yes. He can't were, yeah. kill his mom. I thought in some way you were referencing that Carrie Fisher passed away, and I was like, wait, you no, know what? He could like. No. I understand sure what you're saying. He though. can't. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. He's also a wild card, which makes it far more interesting. Uh, I,
0: I think that I agree with you that out of the new characters, that was my favorite performance out of all of them. Uh, I will say that Poe is two for me. And again, I think that Poe is a more complex character than Finn or Rey at this point, which makes me hope that somewhere in Rise of Skywalker, we're going to get some complexities to their characters. Because with Poe, from moment one, you see him and he is this like gung-ho flyboy who's gonna take out everything and take on the world. And then the moment that we see him again in Last Jedi, those actions are getting him into serious danger and trouble, and it's those actions that need to change. And by simply having a two two-film arc, two film arc And then inherently a third film, like he's instantly more complex than what you're seeing with Rey and Finn in a lot of ways, because they're really subservient to needing to move forward the plot and mythology of the films. And so I'm hoping we get to spend some time exploring them. Now, I will say that Rey has some time with uh, Kylo Mm -hmm. in Last Jedi, where we really see some complexity to the Jedi side of her, but not necessarily the the person side of her if that makes sense her
1: biggest fear is that she's alone yes which like when you re like so that's what that scene in the cave is all about is that she's terrified that she's getting she She's essentially alone in this world and rewatching some of these things like <laughs> especially in like uh, the Force awakens when they go back for her onto the Starkiller base and she's like you came back for me and like yeah. it she doesn't show like this big huge emotion but yeah. like it's just like oh right which
0: is why
1: I so love the
0: choice in last Jedi that her parents themselves don't matter. Like, they, she needs to come to that realization and acceptance that she is enough as a person. Her, hi, her heritage and her line, uh, lineage don't matter. And that's why I'm going to be really sad if JJ goes back on that. Um,
1: She's Yaddle's daughter. Yeah!
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Space Stern?
0: Space turn's great. Ah, oh, God, give me that space turn. Do you
1: like her more now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I remember before you yeah. were like, you were kind of a little on and off about her. But yeah.
0: Like... I've, I've definitely, come, I've watched the Last Jedi a lot. Um, it is. You understand now. Uh, yeah, I understand space turn. And I yeah. Get... She doesn't need to tell this traitor
1: her <laughs> she plan. She does
0: not. Um, <laughs> I. The relationship of Kylo and Rey, I mm-hmm. think, is really interesting. I know there's a lot of uh, Raylo shippers out there in the world. Um, I'm, I'm not one of them. I, I think what's really interesting and fascinating to me about this relationship is that, frankly, this is why I don't want them to be together. It's an abusive relationship. He gives classic
1: signs. I'm of the abuse. only one that cares about you. Yes. You're nothing. but yes. I, You're nothing. But not to me. Yes.
0: Like it's a very classic abusive relationship. And, like, it is one of those things where I don't care if he ends up getting redeemed at the end of the day. I don't want them to be together as a thing. Because, like, no! That's bad and abusive. I don't want to award that relationship in any way, shape, or form. In fact, to me, I'm sorry. His redemption arc, so to speak, if it exists, it's the only thing that I would want to mirror Jedi. Porks. Porks. <laughs> oh, all the porks. Crystal foxes. Good critters. Great critters in Last Jedi. Crystal critters. Oh, they're so good. I just... I don't understand. I And I wish I did... I just, I really, like, I've heard all the arguments, but I just, I don't understand the hatred for Last Jedi. It challenges so much of what this franchise is and could be and will be and allows it to move forward in such a clean, clear, crisp, healthy way. And it's so complex and so complicated. And yes, my se- my, my thing that I disliked at the beginning was the Canto Bite sequence. And while I will fully admit the Canto Bite sequence and some of the stuff with Benicio Del Toro is... Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. whoa. Don't bring space...
0: Space Del Toro? No, Space Nicio. uh, Is long and drawn out. And if there is segments of the movie that you could theoretically lift out, it's that stuff. However, what that adds to the depth of the world and the universe... I think adds so much more than what it takes away and the more that I've watched the Canto Bite sequence the more that I'm like I this is great. It's, it's not like amazing mm-hmm. but I like it and it's needed.
1: My statement stands of the first time I was watching it I didn't care about the Canto Bite because I was so enthralled with what else was going on. Yeah. But after cuz like the first time was just really stressful. Yeah. Like that that was just a, such a stress inducing film. And the second time when I was more relaxed I was like good. I can enjoy this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I I would love to. I mean, yeah, listeners, if you have some really specific qualms that you want to get into about oh wait,
1: we have to say something bad.
0: Last Jedi. Um, I mean, I my something bad was the, the cantabite sequence is I guess still you could theoretically shorten it and it'd be fine.
1: Oh, okay. Here I got mine. Phasma. <laughs> oh, Captain Phasma. Yeah. <laughs>
0: She's just not really a useful character. Mm -hmm. If, I mean, she serves the same purpose as Boba Fett, so, like, good job. You did it. There's not a new bounty hunter in this new trilogy, is there? I don't think so. Not that we know of yet. Me. You. Not enough Maz
1: Kanata! She also had a relationship with Justin Thoreau. We need to explore that. And her husband is Chewbacca. her no, boyfriend. I think it's husband. She says, where's my boyfriend?
0: Is that gift that I sent wrong?
1: No, it no. She says, where's my boyfriend?
0: I might have misread it. This might be on me.
1: It is. Oh, it is on me. Yep, you're right. Where's my boyfriend? Yep. Yeah, Josh, no, no worries. All no right. worries, Josh. I got, it. oh, Best part, best part of The Last Jedi. I hope I get the quote right. Two best parts. One, Luke brushing the dust off of his shirt. Classic 20,000 comedy points. Point two. Where he says to Kylo Ren, I failed you, I'm sorry. And Kylo Ren yells back, I bet you are. 80 comedy points. It's such a funny line.
0: It's a good line. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I just made me remind of, like, I've been thinking of all those, like, the people that are like, oh, Luke's character, why is he this way? Rain, Ryan Johnson did this awful thing to this character. JJ did it. JJ was the one that put him alone on the island. Like, that's not, Ryan just had to deal with it. Yeah, what's up?
1: Well, it's just, it's what, it's what Yoda did.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Yoda lost, and like a sore loser. I just, I feel like I just like have a lot of disdain yeah, for you, Yoda. Yeah, fair enough. For yeah. a character who I actually really like.
0: But like the prequels ruin Yoda. <laughs> ruin him!
1: He gets in a plane because he lost to the Emperor and he has to go be alone now. Yeah. He's also like a jerk bag. Like he's a very like... A typical
0: patriarchal, misogynistic jerkbag in the prequels.
1: Yeah, it not Alright,
0: um, last thing. Should we go through our rankings of the Star Wars franchise? Yes,
1: number one. Do you want to go bottom up or top down? Number one, Okay. A New Hope. Number two, The Last Jedi. Number three, Empire Strikes Back. Number four... The Force Awakens, number 5, Rogue One, number 6, Return of the Jedi, number 7, Revenge of the Sith, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, I'm going off of memory. Number 8, Attack of the Clones, number 9, Solo, and number 10, Phantom Menace.
0: Okay, uh, number one, Empire Strikes Back. Number two, The Last Jedi. Number three, A New Hope. Number four, The Force Awakens. Number five, Return of the Jedi. Number six, Rogue One. Number seven, Solo. Number eight, Revenge of the Sith. Number nine, Phantom Menace. Number ten, uh, The Clone Wars. And number eleven, Attack of the Clones.
1: There we go. All right, everyone. If you want to find us, you can do so in so many places. Like you can find
0: us on Friend of a Friend Podcast Squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If it's a five-star review or any star review, that helps us get more listeners. Uh, you
1: can also hit
0: that subscribe button. Yeah. And that also helps more people find the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at... twt
1: underscore podcast. YouTube. Dux Watch together. Tumblrs. Watch together. Letterboxd. Act, and Kylie Gallisher. Thank
0: you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Kylie. Quack,
1: quack, 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 quack,
0: quack, 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 quack.